Hey guys, welcome back to the Blondest Podcast. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, y'all. We have a very special, special guest who's here in person in the flesh, Dr. Hitchcock. Welcome to the podcast. We're so honored to have you here. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yay. Well, we're so excited. Your skin looks great. <laughs> Thanks. It's the BioJuve. Uh, I've been using it uh, in different forms for about seven years now. Oh my goodness. Because wow. uh, I was, uh, early in days, I would just sneak home cultures from the lab and just splash it on my face just because I want to make sure my face didn't melt off. You're like, I have to test this and see <laughs> yeah. if it's good. Yeah. And I've had a long history of like acne scars mm -hmm. and stuff like that too. And so um, it, if you had seen my face prior to using the BioJuve, I didn't really have a lot of acne at that time, but I was very red. Mm -hmm. I still have a, I have a normal red complexion, but uh, if I showed you pictures, you'd think I was sunburned all the time. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. I swear you are like my husband's twin. You guys have the same hair. <laughs> you both have like underlying red. Well, you don't now, but he yeah. does. You he know, does. so he is very red skin. Like mm. I swear he gets in the sun. He does not tan. He just gets red. Even if he's not burnt, like his skin will just hold redness. Is he of Irish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little Irish in me, but I'm actually mostly Puerto Rican, which no is the way. weirdest thing because I don't tan very much either. Yeah. Uh, I will, but I don't like to tan. Yeah. I don't like same. to go on the sun. I know. That's like the bane of my existence. It's like, I won't go and tan in the sun, but I'm like a water bug. And so like when I'm on trips, like I just somehow, you know, you it get becomes, tan when you're in the happens. water. Yeah. And so people are like, why are you tan? You hate the sun. I'm like, but I love the water. So it's like, I'm not like putting myself out there laying out tanning. I'm just right. like doing water stuff. Yeah. You know, and I, I do think that people have to realize that it's all about moderation. Yeah. Right. Your body has natural defenses for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's just when you abuse it, yeah. That it becomes an issue. Exactly. Like, I'm not sitting there baking in the sun. I'm just living my a, best life with yeah. sunscreen on. And, you know, if I get a little tan, you're going to get a little about tan. It. <laughs> I like it. I like a little tan. You should, you should get a little tan if yeah. you're out in the sun. But uh, the real thing is just, I don't see the need to be incessantly tan. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Or just like do it every single day yeah. or use tanning beds. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Which should be <laughs> illegal. Uh, it should be considered like smoking. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's crazy. I'm actually so blessed. They changed the law. So used to in Texas, you could do it at 16 years old. Mm. And so I was 15, about to turn 16. And I was like, so excited. I was like, I'm going to get like a bed tan membership for like my birthday. And literally the month before my birthday, they switched it to 18. Mm. And then by the time I turned 18, I was more aware of like things mm -hmm. like that. So I was like, you know, when you're 16, you shouldn't be able to make decisions. You know, you can't drink. You can't, you know, get tattoos at 16. You shouldn't right. be making choices like that to harm your body. You can't smoke a cigarette at 16, mm -hmm. so you shouldn't be able to tan at 16. So I'm glad they changed it because I would have had a lot more damage if I was allowed to, to tan at 16. Yeah, the problem is that there's a lot of misinformation about UV radiation in mm -hmm. general, but especially with tanning beds. And there are people that are proponents. I actually knew a guy, and uh, he lives in Dallas, and he owns some tanning salons. Oh, wow. And um, he was all about like trying to school me on that, uh, you know, UV radiation is, it's not, it's the sunblock use that causes cancer. It's not the UV radiation and yeah. all that. I, you know, those people, I just don't really engage because it's, um, yeah. it's nonsensical. I do think that we, we can't take it too far. We don't want to like not be in the sun ever because yeah. we do need some of that for our sanity. Yeah. But yeah, it's good for your mental health, a little vitamin mm -hmm. D. No, Savannah gets people all the time that like will come after her. And say that like the sunblock she's promoting causes cancer. Oh my god, doesn't like, have benzene the time. in it. I use a lot. Mostly, honestly, I use mineral. And of course, I have yeah. some chemical options for my people of color clients that have darker Fitzpatricks because mineral just doesn't lay beautifully on them. But chemical chemical sunscreen isn't bad. It no, really isn't. It's not. And that's again this it, that a lot of that was uh, 
really an issue that came about when the FDA did the study a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and they showed that there was some trace amounts that found their way into the blood, which happens a lot of times with chemicals you put on your skin in general. Yeah. Um, you're going to have trace amounts of stuff finding its way through. Um, and the, the real question is, there's been no links mm-hmm. with the small trace amounts and carcinogenesis mm-hmm. or, or anything like endocrine disrupt, disruption and such. But there's a lot of people that are very much... Now, I would say it's probably better if you try not to put foreign substances mm-hmm. in your blood, uh, yeah. but that's where minerals can be helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, the good thing about having a darker Fitzpatrick skin type is you have kind of a built-in SPF. Yeah. And so you still need to wear sunscreen in the sun, but uh, regardless, you probably don't have to wear it as much. much. Your body's helping and protecting you naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what our the melanin does, but mm-hmm. we, um, some of us are not as melanin <laughs> lucky, Yeah. Um, even though some of my family is, but I, I unfortunately got the English-Irish part yeah. of my genetics. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, we're sunscreen people for mm-hmm. sure, but I think people, I like, you know, like talking about sunscreen. It's good content. I love it. Um, and you know, I make jokes about it, but I think there are people out there that totally think like I'm like a sunscreen freak and I love sunscreen, but listen, like I'm going to be wearing it, but I still will go in the sun. I'm not afraid of the sun. Right. I love being outside. No, it's good for you. It, it is good for you. And people have to realize that, and this is actually something that we can talk about a little bit if you want, but there's, there's certain tribes that are left kind of untouched by modern civilization. There's very few of them left, mm-hmm. like some in the Amazon, some in the, uh, Central Americas and such. And there's one in the Central Americas that this guy that I, uh, you know, off and on have spoken to over the years, his name is Larry Weiss, and he has a, a brand called Symbiome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also worked for a company uh, previous to that that did live microbes that were um, ammonia oxidizing. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of cause free radicals. Mm-hmm. And it's a long story. But um, uh, this he has a tie with these this tribe. He has, a I guess, a friend that used to actually come, he actually came from this tribe. And so a lot of people don't go to visit and they don't want to touch them because just like when the uh, Caucasians came to the American Indians and gave them all those diseases, (laughs) they don't want to do that. They want to stay away from them, keep, let them keep their culture pure. So, but every once in a while he'll go back and he'll get samples of their skin microbiome and stuff so that we can study it. But these people walk around basically naked all day long in the sun and they don't get skin cancer. They don't get wow. acne. They don't get rosacea. They don't get psoriasis. And these are people that we would consider probably inferior by our standards simply yeah. because they don't wash like we do. They don't wear um, clothes like we do. They don't have the modern conveniences like we do. Mm-hmm. So the real question is, who's getting it right? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I was kind of talking about that on the podcast before this one. Um, about just like microbiomes of even like sea animals because mm. we were talking about the sea turtle I was swimming in Hawaii with and you know you're not supposed to touch them because when you do like you're wiping off that microfilm that they have and you can get them more susceptible to diseases and mm-hmm. things like that so it's really interesting you know just biome care in general even when it affects animals you mm-hmm. know and not ex- you know exfoliating their skin or touching their skin like there's videos of people that'll get like sea turtles that have like algae and moss on them and they're trying to scrub it off of them and people are like you're actually hurting them you're not helping them they need that right. yeah because you know it's all about my philosophy is called the holobiont philosophy mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if i coined that but that's what i call it, I love uh, it. and the holobiont is the fact that complex organisms like humans are not living in isolation there's no examples where uh, animals uh, including humans live in isolation we are continually surrounded and infested, if you will, by other organisms that have different genetics and such. 
And so my philosophy is that for skin and health in general, the way you eat, the way you, you live your life, you should be thinking of things as a holobiont, as an organism that is surrounded and, and lived in and a symbiont kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, if you do that, then you have a different kind of tactic in the way you approach things. And so for me, for instance, I, when I was younger, I don't know, you guys are way too young for probably the Zest Fully Clean commercials, but yeah. there was this, uh, I don't know if Zest is still a brand of soap because I don't really use soaps anymore, but um, there's a brand of soap where, you know, it was this big commercial mm -hmm. back in the day where it was like, you're not fully clean unless you're Zest Fully Clean and they're like lathering I everywhere. Think, okay, and, I feel like you triggered a memory. Yeah. Like some, maybe when I was watching like Barney or something probably, that came on. <laughs> probably. That, uh, you know, it's probably around still when you were a small tyke. Um, but the, the we were kind of conditioned yeah. that squeaky clean is the only clean to be. And, and that's something that's been prevalent for, uh, you know, more than a century. Yeah. Where when they first discovered microbes, uh, scientists at first saw them as beneficial possibly. But then all of a sudden there was this huge push to try to annihilate all microbes. And there was this big debate. And I don't know if you guys know who Louis Pasteur is. Yes. So Louis Pasteur was on the side of saying it would be foolish of us to, to think that we know enough about them to try to kill them all. Yeah. Um, other people were saying, no, when we, and there was some scientists who were claiming that they made animals that were germ-free and they're going to be faster and stronger and better. Oh, wow. And they were going to do that to the children and everything. But what we found over the last century is that Animals that are germ-free are not faster and stronger and healthier. They're actually the opposite. They die. Well, they don't die necessarily. They just don't live as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, they they tend to have health issues, neurological mm -hmm. issues, digestive issues. Yeah. And part of that is because what we've, we're starting to learn is that the microbes that live in our bodies and on our bodies actually can perform functions that we can't. Mm -hmm. And so they... Um, you know, we talk, there's a lot of people that talk about detoxing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which is mostly malarkey. Yeah. But bacteria actually can do that. They can actually take things that are toxic and metabolize them to things that aren't toxic. Yeah. Um, they can also do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I think a lot of people, we're starting to learn more and more that this is the reality that, you know, we have been doing things not exactly right for the last century by over sanitizing yeah. ourselves. So sanitation habits have allowed us to live longer in a, in a certain way because we don't get infections the way we used mm -hmm. to because of antibiotics and all that stuff. And we wash our hands and mm -hmm. we, we have plumbing and everything. But there's a point of taking it too a, far. Exactly. So in, in science and medicine, we tend to take two steps forward and then we take a step back Yeah. because yeah. we overdo it or we abuse it or we try to um, commercialize something before it's ready to be commercialized, before mm -hmm. it's understood correctly. And, and fear mongering. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Because I mean, people that aren't educated and smart, you know, when you hear bacteria, I mean, now, you know, my whole life, when you hear the word bacteria, it's bad. Right. You know, it, yeah. the first thing you think if you, you know, play that game where it's like, say a word and the first thing that comes to your mind, if when you say bacteria, I think bad, dirty. Yeah. You know? And that's absolutely wrong because bacteria are always on us. Mm -hmm. They're ubiquitous. And it's not just bacteria. There's also fungus on us. There's mm -hmm. virus, uh, mostly what we call phages, which is specific viruses for bacterias. Um, or bacteria, that's actually the plural. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there's there's so many of those things on us at all the time. I mean, we're talking trillions mm -hmm. of these microbes on us all the time. And every second of every day, yeah. they're secreting things. Yeah. And what they secrete is not always the same. It depends on how they're treated. Uh, mm -hmm. It also it depends on the strain mm -hmm. of the uh, microbe. And so I was actually just reading a paper when I was waiting for you uh, just now 
where there is a study that talks about um, a specific species called Staphylococcus epidermidis. Okay. Um, familiar? Yes. Okay. Yep. For the first part. Yep. Staphylococcus. Well, is staphylococcus, staph infection, right? Um, yeah. So staph infections are typically caused by um, Staph aureus, which is another yeah. species. So those uh, Staphylococcus is a genus, mm -hmm. and then underneath that, there's species. And so epidermidis and aureus. Aureus is thought to be pathogenic. Mm -hmm. uh, epidermidis was thought and is still thought by most to be a um, commensal or basically something that lives on us but doesn't really bother us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even might be protective in nature. But what they found was um, certain strains of this staph epidermidis actually secrete an enzyme that digests proteins. They're called proteases mm -hmm. on the skin. And it's one of the reasons why we get atopic dermatitis. Wow. And they found that uh, when you have lower or higher pH on the skin, the enzyme becomes way more active as well. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that it may not just be Staph aureus that's wow. causing these infections, but it's also Staph epidermis, which is thought to be a commensal mm -hmm. in certain st strains. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've been on my soapbox about for a while now is that we cannot look at a species and just say it's one thing or another. Yeah. And we can't say a species or even a strain is one thing or another in isolation. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, these staph epidermidis strains that are causing um, basically the, 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 the stratum corneum, the little brick and mortar model, mm -hmm. um, they're held together by little um, kind of tethers. And then those tethers eventually are digested off, and then it's when we slough off or mm -hmm. you can exfoliate them gently off. Um, these And so these proteases are important because they help to get cell turnover so mm -hmm. that we can have renewal of our skin cells and such. Um, there's other means by means by which that happens as well. But, um, but when it's overdone, then we lose that barrier. We start losing water, and then we have compromised barrier, and that leads to atopic dermatitis. Crazy. If you lower the pH that enzyme is more in control. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, one of the microbes that's most prevalent on our skin that lowers pH is C. acnes. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of coming back to the story of the brand Biojuve mm -hmm. uh, and why we chose C. acnes as the vehicle for the, the topical therapy that we, we, we put together simply because we kept coming back to the same thing. Yeah, These issues were caused by a lack of proper siacnus. Mm -hmm. And it's again, not by itself, but in, you can't have anything in isolation. You have to make sure that you have the proper balance. I love that. And I think my favorite thing about the book too, and you talked about it on our live. And if you guys um, haven't seen our live, if you go to my IGTV, I have all of our, all of my lives. And I have one with Dr. Hitchcock, which is amazing if you just want to hear more. Um, but you have to tell them about the dog and the wolf. Oh, yeah. So uh, in the book, uh, Rebooting the Biome, which is a book that I co-authored earlier this year with Dr. Doris Day, she's a dermatologist up in New York City, a good friend of mine. And uh, in the book, I talk about, I have a picture of a beagle and a gray wolf. And the reason I have that is because it's a analogy of the difference between a species and a strain and why it's important to note that even within a species, mm -hmm. there's extreme diversity. Yeah. And so uh, when you look at a beagle and a gray wolf, they're both the same species, mm -hmm. Canis lupus. But one is Canis lupus familiaris, which is the dog, the house dog. And then there's Canis lupus lupus, which is the gray wolf. And even within Canis lupus familiaris, there's many different breeds yeah, of dogs. millions. And so the, the fact is you wouldn't call, even within the Canis familiaris, you wouldn't say a Great Dane is the same as a Chihuahua. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yet people... 
umbrella the, term everything. Yeah, even in the even scientists now are uh, they're getting away from it now because I think they're they're wising up. But even now, I've, I'm reading articles that talk about Staph aureus does this, or Staph epidermidis does this, or C. acnes does this, which is reductive. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot attribute to a whole species either pathogenic benef- um, um, attributes or, or protective attributes. And also, it's specific to the um, situation because mm-hmm. things can be beneficial in the right environment. And it's like you, you could tame a wolf if you really wanted to. Yeah, you could. Um, or if you keep it fed, yeah, it probably won't eat you. But if you don't keep it fed, it might come yeah. after you. Um, same with a, a beagle. Or, well, beagles are a bad example because they're really, you can do anything to them. They'll still love you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, certain dogs, if you uh, don't train them correctly or whatever, they can become very, very vicious. Violent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's what people we're starting to learn more is that, and that's, uh, so when people say, um, that biojuve is skin care, I say, no, it's not. It's skin biome care. And the reason why a lot of people kind of roll their eyes and at least inside their head, they roll their eyes. Um, and I say the reason why that's not an eye roll is because you have to think of the fact that, um, skin care just cares for skin cells. It's, it's only, it's only kind of metric is how does it, change the skin. Yeah. But when you don't think about the microbes, those trillions of microbes mm-hmm. that are always going to be secreting more things yeah. than you're going to put on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes more important. Mm-hmm. So you have to care for them both because if they're not both happy, then it's not going to be no in balance. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think it's just so interesting, the whole concept. And it really like for me, I think it took me a second because I'm like, wow, like I thought I knew a lot about skin, you know, and I felt very confident, like as a professional and like the things that I've learned and the things, you know, that I've questioned and all of that. And when I heard of BioJuve, I'm like this, like, you know, made me look back and I'm like, oh my God, am I doing everything wrong? Like, am I wrong in my thinking? And it really is kind of that moment where, you know, you almost like feel like for me, how it felt like as a kid, you have like all of your parents' thoughts and ideas and Mm -hmm. then you grow up to your own individual and you're like, actually, no, like I might not agree with what political party my parents identify with or maybe no I don't agree with the religion my parents identify with and you just that was kind of like my like aha moment Mm -hmm. and it was scary because I'm like oh my gosh I'm like what am I going to do with this information I know (laughs) like am I going to just pretend like I didn't hear it and like stick with like the old ways because it works what I'm doing now it works or am I going to look towards the future and say okay Yes, I know that my old ways work, but is there a better way to do this, a more effective way, a more simple way to do this? And mm-hmm. so that's really where I felt like I was like in a rock and a hard way place as a professional that I'm like, you guys are doing something that no one else is doing, you know, and it differentiates you and it's innovative. I mean, right. it should win a prize. I hope it does. Oh, I hope it does too. I mean, I mean uh, it's you crazy. know, if the Nobel uh, people <laughs> want to come knock on my door, I wouldn't say no. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll ever be that, but. Um, you never know. Never, you never say know. never. You never I'm know. manifesting it for you, bestie. I got you. Great. <laughs> and uh, what what I would say is that we have to not be scared about when we're told something that counter um, it goes against what we, we've yeah. what we thought we knew. We have to be open to new information, and of course, be skeptical. Right? You yeah. want to be skeptical because not everything that uh, is marketed is what it is, is. accurate. And, yeah. I have some examples of that that I might share with you later about some of the stuff we've been talking about. I would love that. I want to make sure that you're you're at least uh, educated on some of that stuff. But um, but you know we can only do as much with what we have, like mm-hmm. the tools that we have, 
And then we we can get new tools. Then we can do things better. Yeah. But we have to also consider that the human physiology, when working properly, kind of knows how to take care of itself. Yeah. Um, the problem is that we mess with it. Yeah. You know, and we it's not just our faults like it's no drinking water yeah like people have messed with the drinking water they've you know they've they've messed with the air you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that kind of makes it forces us into a way and of having food. to fix I mean, everything preservers and yeah. foods and such yeah and so you know there's a, but the thing is the body has ways to kind of do it to, to fix itself and, and such and it, it's pretty amazing when you realize that if you allow your body to do its thing it can pretty much take care of most of the stuff mm-hmm. that you are trying to do artificially. Yeah. And so you can kind of think of it like this Ozempic craze mm-hmm. that is ongoing and people are losing all this weight yeah. with Ozempic, right? You can also lose weight by doing it right. Diet and exercise, <laughs> yeah. which is intermittent fasting. Which is going to be overall more healthy for you. Yeah. So you you have the same results. Um, but the one is going to be a little more holistically healthy for you because mm-hmm. it's actually getting all your systems attuned to uh, fitness mm-hmm. versus just losing fat because you're artificially causing yourself not to be hungry. Yeah. Um, and so, because starving yourself is never healthy, really. No. But that's what you're basically doing. Yeah. So that's, I think, where in skin science, we're at a place where we're starting to realize that some of the stuff that we've done may not be the healthiest for our skin. Yeah. And we just got to take a step back and say, okay, as we learn more, we're going to kind of yeah. adjust. Which exactly to your point, like it's not bad what we're doing. There just might be a different way or a more natural way or a more healthy way because, right. you know, all of these things were needed because we had a problem and that's what we knew was best to fix it at the time. But now that we're finding, you know, that you can actually feed your skin nutrients and it can like work for you rather than kill everything, you right. know, it's kind of like mass exodus. It's like, kill it all, right. you know? Right. And then that's when, you know, a lot of times when I'm dealing with acne, you know, I'm struggling with my clients of like, okay, we're putting them on drying things like benzoyl peroxides and salicylic acid and retinoids. And so it's like, yes, you know, I found with my practice, I found a good balance by adding in hydrating ingredients and, you know, mm-hmm. humectants and things like that and emollients and all of that. But, you know, back in the day, like with proactive and things, it was just like dry it out, kill everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with Accutane, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. that's the theory is dry it out, murder everything in your skin and it'll be gone. But then with that, you have all these side effects, you yeah, know, you do. and you have that dryness and that long lasting. I mean, with Accutane, I mean, there's just so much and I don't know your stance on Accutane, but... Uh, I'm not I'm sure a fan. you're not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, but the thing is, it's I think for certain people, it's a tool that's necessary if they can't for some reason yeah. get in control. I think a lot of people don't realize that things like acne, um, there's multiple components and it, yeah. some of it is genetic. Yeah. So you it's multifaceted. can... It's not just like you ate dairy or you right. didn't Which wash your it face. It can contribute to it. And yeah. the, the washing the face thing, I actually think has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I, unless you're putting like a lot of makeup or things yeah. on, but that has more to do with causing dysbiosis than being dirty. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe acne has anything to do with being dirty. Mm-mm. I think actually probably who are dirtier, people who are dirtier probably have less acne. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of like with lice, right? Like lice, yeah. like a cleaner person <clears throat> than like a dirty person. Yeah. But like, if you think about acne and other inflammatory skin issues like atopic dermatitis or eczema, there's actually association with like um, urban living. Mm-hmm. So like people that are more rural areas tend to get less of those diseases because they're more uh, exposed to nature. They're more exposed to dirt. Yeah. You know, and so it's like um, we used to eat a lot of dirt before we started scrubbing it with detergents and stuff, our foods. And, you know, so it's like, you know, when I 
grow stuff in my own house and stuff, I, I'll wash, I'll rinse it off, but I don't like scrub it because a little dirt's okay. It's yeah. actually probably good to ingest some of those things. Yeah. Now, if I get it from the store, there's probably a lot of pesticides and stuff on it. So then you should probably scrub it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, you know, that's where with Accutane and such, um, I think it's just a little bit overkill for most mm -hmm. people. Um, I think the real thing is to step back and say, okay, what am I doing that led to where I am? Like, uh, it's not just all, it's holobiont, right? So it's the whole, your whole lifestyle. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I exercising? Am I eating right? Mm -hmm. Am I taking care of my skin in the way that I should? Mm -hmm. um, part of what people think when they have acne is that I should wash more. Mm -hmm. In essence, they should probably wash less. Yeah. Because what happens when you wash more is your skin says, I'm lacking oil. So it produces more oil to, to compensate for it. And when it produces oil, if you're already blocked, mm -hmm. if you already have hyperkeratinization, then the oil glands produce oils and they start pumping it in. And then the C. acnes that lives there because it's its home, it's yeah. in the follicle, that's its home. And so it's going to be like, great, I have a food source, so it's going to grow. Mm -hmm. um, James Layden, who's kind of like the grandfather of dermatology, he was the first to describe him and his colleagues were the first to describe that C. acnes, it used to be called corneobacterium acnes, mm -hmm. then was propionobacterium acnes, now it's cutobacterium acnes. But he, he was a first to describe that they lived in acneic lesions, but he said in his publication, it's not necessarily because it caused acne, but because that's their home. Yeah, that's, and, they're already there. Yeah, so it's the hyperkeratinization that traps them in there. Not that they're, now of course, um, some of the strains are more associated with disease mm -hmm. and such. But really with Accutane, what that does is it, 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 there is a certain thing that it does serve and that's what benzoyl peroxide does as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's what several things can do. Um, like hypochlorous acid and such, mm -hmm. um, it it basically levels the playing field. Yeah. The problem with Accutane is that it does other things yeah, too. Yeah, that we don't like. Yeah, so like um, a benzoyl peroxide basically produces free radicals and those free radicals can be irritating to skin, but it also gets rid of a lot of bacteria. Mm -hmm. But m many studies have shown, some, and some of them disagree, but has shown that the overall abundance and types of bacteria and microbes tend to come back at the same relative rate. So it lowers it transiently. And that's why we see that um, um, improvement in the outcome, mm -hmm. but it's not going to go Long away. Term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why he, that's why they say, you know, acne isn't cured, it's controlled. So it's like, you have to keep using that to fix yeah. the problem. Well, I do think it could be cured, but I think the cure comes from your body having okay. to acclimate your immune system, your innate mm -hmm. immune system has to acclimate to the types of, of microbes on your skin. Yeah. Um, there's times in our lives, one is when we're born, uh, some babies will get uh, what they call baby acne, right? Yeah, some, Cyrus had that. Yeah, some then. won't. Yeah. But why do we get that? They said it's from the C-section. Um, And that he has eczema too. And I don't know, that's just what I yeah, there is say. A, there is an association with um, C-section children having and eczema early on. And I think you told on. me that too. Yeah, will you, uh, I know I don't want to go super off topic, but yeah. will you explain that? Yeah, well, the, the school of thought is that we're sterile in the womb, mm -hmm. even though I'm not convinced we are. Yeah. Um, but then when we're born, uh, through, if you're born through the vaginal canal, the vaginal canal has microbes that the rest of the body don't typically have. It's a lot of lactobacilli mm -hmm. in, in the uh, vaginal canal. And so basically when you're being born, you're being, it's pressing on your body and pushing microbes and basically yeah. colonizing your skin with stuff that you- the uh, good stuff. Well, for that time, yeah, maybe. Because, yeah. um, you know, remember also babies have hormones that are pumping through their bodies because yeah. the mother just had labor, yeah. you know, and so there's certain things that are happening that need to kind of all be in balance. 
when you have a C-section, you don't necessarily get exposure to all those microbes. Yeah. But even you, you are going to be exposed to a lot of stuff that you were not exposed to when you were in the womb. Yeah. Even if you weren't sterile, you're now exposed to all the transient stuff that everybody else mm-hmm. in the air, on the mm-hmm. bed, in people's hands. Yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the things that uh, people speculate is because you don't have that protective coating that comes out through your mother's uh, birth canal, mm-hmm. that you are now more susceptible to your uh, immune system overreacting. Yeah. Um, and so... Some of the babies that get baby acne, it's because their body's saying, I don't recognize all this bacteria and these microbes. It's not, I guess, it's fungus, not just bacteria. Um, and so it reacts, but then it says, oh, wait a second. Okay, it's 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 imbalanced, yeah. so I'll let it go. And, it, and then it goes away. Same at puberty. A lot, most people, um, I would say, hit puberty and some, not everybody gets acne, but the people that do, it tends to go away. Yeah. Because their body is uh, changing, so they're producing more oils. More oils mean more lipophilic oils microbes mm-hmm. and those microbes then the body says wait there, there's too many microbes and then it says oh wait a second that's just the status quo mm-hmm. you know and it's, it gets un- that's what the innate immune system does it and it's part of why we were talking about with the sun is you have to let your body do its thing because otherwise you can't build that strength that immunity yeah. up that your body needs to have homeostasis mm-hmm. i wish i could live in your brain <laughs> i really do i like i'm in love with your brain i don't know i i solve a lot of puzzles you might get bored <laughs> um uh but uh but yeah, and so, um, you know, we have to, with, with things like Accutane, what happens is you don't just reduce the bacteria, you actually reduce the oils of the skin, yeah. which that in turn reduces bacteria, but you're also compromising the barrier of your skin. Yep, dryness Absolutely. and like his bones, like yeah. sense, like he like is in pain sometimes. He has like, well, not are anymore. you on Accutane now? He was. No. Oh, okay. I, was, I won't like, let when him I was... get back on. I told him our friendship's over if he gets on Accutane. <laughs> when I was like, I think I got on Accutane when I was 17. And I couldn't finish it. Like, I only did, I think, two months because mm-hmm. within those two months, my back became, like, so brittle. Like, oh, jeez. Like, when I would bend over to wash my face, I, like, couldn't stand back up because it was so sore. Like, it dried every joint out. Like, it was, like, full well, I don't body. know what it does with the joints, but I'm sure it does No, like, I couldn't, like, if I laid in the bed, it would take me, like, 20 minutes for, like, me to just, like, relax because my whole body was in pain. Yeah. I don't know if, I mean. Well, it's, it's, that's a valid it's a valid observation, and the fact is, in in dermatology, I actually am a proponent of not flooding the skin with or body in general with things, uh, thinking that it's okay um, without knowing what it's going to do. So, yeah. for instance, you know, I'm not a huge fan of growth factors. Yeah, and it's not because I don't think they do anything. Um, it's that there's there's multiple reasons, but one is. Unless you've quantified and know exactly what those growth factors are, because there are hundreds, if not thousands, of Mm -hmm. types of growth factors, and they all change based on what petri dish they're being grown in, right? And so, um, if you don't know what they are, why would you flood the skin or the body with those things? Because growth factors, like a lot of things in our bodies, are secreted by the body in small amounts to do a job, Mm -hmm. and it's it's not going to be conducive to just flood because a lot of times these signals are done in balance. And so if one slightly goes over the other one, it changes everything. Yeah. Um, so if you're flooding it, it's going to confuse your cells. And it, the question is, do you really know what the, the what's going to happen there? So with Accutane, you know, retinoic acid is, works because we have retinoic, uh, or we have uh, retinoid receptors, uh, retinoic acid receptors in our, in our, uh, in our body. Um, does that mean we should be flooding our bodies with something to trigger those receptors at all times. 
I don't think you should. Um, yeah. um, maybe for an acute dose for, you know, a, a reset or something like mm -hmm. that, but not a chronic thing. And that's the beauty of using the skin's own biome mm -hmm. because when your body produces things, it tends to, nature in general tends to only secrete and produce as many things as it needs. It doesn't like to overdo because yeah. it doesn't want to waste energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you have microbes on your skin, it's because the food that you're providing them mm -hmm. is keeping them there. And they basically build little homes on your that. body. And they only you tend to only have enough microbes to use up all the foods and take up all this, the real estate. Um, so it's not like there's people that talk about overgrowth of microbes leads to disease. I disagree. I don't think that the, the, it causes disease. I think that the overgrowth is because of the disease mm -hmm. or because you've done something to cause overgrowth. Yeah. So like an eczema, you have overgrowth of staph epidermidis and staph aureus, but people say that causes eczema. I think that's a, a symptom mm -hmm. because you've gotten rid of or lost other bacteria. So for instance, C. acnes is absent in mm -hmm. eczema. So maybe if you add that back in, it's yeah. going to cause the balance to be restored um, and then the body can do its own thing. I love mm -hmm. that. So, so why do you think they named it C. acnes? Because that's what it was called first, and then acne came from that, right? It wasn't like they had acne, and then they called it C. acnes? Uh, I think they named it C. acnes because it was associated with acneic lesions. Yeah. And it was it was corneobacterium acnes. Um, now, um, there's subspecies. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel in a few years, we probably won't call it C. acnes. Uh, we'll call it C. So, there's C. acnes, acnes, kind of like canis lupus lupus. Yeah. Siacnus acnes, Siacnus longatum, and Siacnus defendens. Which is one you use. Is the one that is associated with skin health. Yeah. I think they're probably going to lose the Siac the acnes part called C scientists. You know, it's it's. Do they really... have to go like to like? I'm just curious. Do they have a board and like? Do they all have to vote? Like, is there like no. a committee or is it just one person's like, hey, this is what it is now? And Typically, becomes suit. a consensus, and it really happens when other scientists follow suit. Yeah. And so um, there was a group of people that. Um, said these are the types of C. acnes in species. And so there's three groups. There's a type 1A, 1B, mm -hmm. type 2, type 3. And they said, well, type 1A and one, some of 1B is going to be C. acnes, acnes, because they're more associated with pathogenicity. Mm -hmm. Type 2 is associated with health, so we're going to make that defendants. Mm -hmm. And type 3 is elongatum. And so um, basically people have just adopted it because it makes sense. Yeah. Um, now... For instance, when you hear the species of dog, it's people don't say Canis lupus familiaris. They say Canis familiaris. Yeah. Because it's just such a difference between the subspecies that people just drop the species because yeah. it becomes less important. Yeah. And so um, I think they'll do the same and they'll start calling it C defendants. That's awesome. I love that. So let's kind of walk through like the process of biojuve. Like, how you like whatever you're comfortable sharing because i know sure. we had our dinner and you told me a lot of stuff but yeah. whatever you're comfortable telling them <laughs> um about like how this came about and like what's exactly happening in the skin i think my favorite thing that you said was you know about it kind of burrowing itself and making its home in your skin and then it's decorating its house with mm -hmm. you know the polypeptides the fatty acids the antioxidants the proteins like that for me i think is what really clicked to understand and I thought also, you know, we talked about this on our live as well. Um, what I loved learning about was that it's actually going into your skin. We talked about a lot mm -hmm. of product formulations. You know, they really sit on top of the skin. Mm -hmm. When you're giving your skin something it already recognizes. And this specific product is able to actually get into the follicle and live there and create mm -hmm. a home and be there with you. Even when, you know, you wash your face, even though you should be using 
the conditioning cleanser <laughs> to protect them and not kill them off. But it's just awesome that they're there. It's like your little buddies. It's like having a bunch of best friends in your skin. Yeah. And one of the things is when you get a good solid microbiome, it's pretty robust. It's, yeah. it's really hard to move. Um, cause the reason why we have certain microbes is because our body, um, whatever we're doing, whether it's our habits, our lifestyle is conducive to those mixtures of microbes as well as what we were exposed to when we were children and such. But, um, there's a general kind of rule of what types of microbes live in different places. Mm -hmm. Um, on sebaceous skin, C. acnes is highly prevalent because it loves the lipids of, of the, the, the oil glands. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, when we think of skin, a lot of people don't realize that it's way more complicated than just the diagrams, the cartoons that we see at the yeah. doctor's office or on our textbooks. And I um, was asked to to lecture. Uh, I'm an adjunct faculty at ETSU's medical school, and I was asked whether I would want to lecture on skin anatomy. And I said, well, only if I can do it the way I want to do it, which is including the microbiome, because I personally feel that should be part of the anatomy. I agree. Um, and they said, well, that's not on the boards. It's too complicated. And I'm like, well, that's a problem because now we're not teaching medical students yeah. the latest about the integration of the, yeah. sim the, the, the symbiotic relationship of these microbes. Um, hopefully someday they will do that. Yeah. But uh, regardless, the BioJuice started about a decade ago, um, at least the development of it, mm -hmm. when I was first coming into dermatology around 2010, I entered dermatology. I had come from um, doing my postdoctoral work at Duke and Yale universities, and I was in tissue engineering. So I was using you know, viruses to infect cells to cause them to be younger. And so we can grow tissues in a bioreactor. It was all very fascinating. It was very interesting. And then I walked into dermatology and I'm, you know, used to these uh, high science concepts and I'm looking through this convention hall, this one convention I'm at, and I'm like seeing a lot of stuff that's like really snake oily. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, shoot, did yeah. I, do, do I need to redirect my... Uh, yeah, these my, might not be my people. These might not be my people. <laughs> and uh, so then I went up to this booth and it had a poster that said Nobel Prize winning technology. And I was like, oh, okay, now this is what I, I'm here yeah. for. And I get a little closer and it wasn't their product that was had won the Nobel Prize. It was the protein that was in their product had the discovery of that protein had won the Nobel Prize, you know, quite a while ago. And so I looked at what they were talking about and it happened to be an enzyme called telomerase, which was exactly the one of the enzymes I worked with at Yale. Yeah. And so I was like very much aware of how it worked and yeah. how big it was. And so I was like, how that, they must have done some. It's like trying to put a jalapeno through a Cheerio. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, they must have done some great, that's a really good analogy. Thank you. Um, they must have done some great work to figure out how to get, not only get uh, this enzyme into the dermis, yeah. um, but into the, past the cell uh, membrane yeah. and then into the nucleus. So I had to get all the way into the nucleus because telomerase yeah. acts on chromosomes, yeah. actually on the telomeres, the ends of chromosomes. And I asked the person at the booth, I'm like, can you tell me how you guys did this? And they didn't know how to, they said, no clue. Wow. And I, they said, well, you could wait till somebody else comes that knows. And I was like, I got a feeling that, you know, by talking to these people that this was just a gimmick. Yeah. And Is so, this product still out on the market today? I have no clue. I don't remember the name of it, but I don't think so. But I, there are there are products out there that claim that like DNA repair enzymes and stuff in there. 
same concept is yeah. that to get those to do anything to DNA, they got to get into the nucleus. That's where yeah. the DNA is. Um, and so, you know, they can, again, I'm a skeptic by nature as a scientist. You, so is Tyler. You should be. Absolutely. Um, I'm not. I'm like rose colored glasses. Like everyone loves everyone. <laughs> oh, but she'll take every brochure. And I like, know, but I've changed. <laughs> you should a be open minded. I am open minded, but, but there's a difference yeah. between open minded and being gullible, yep. right? You got to make sure that you're mm. still skeptical about. And you that's have what to changed for me. me recently. I think, you know, when I first got in the industry, I'm like, these reps know more than me, like, blah, blah, blah. Some and then, of them do. you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then one came in and like they couldn't even, like, they were like, I can't even pronounce the way they said salicylic acid. It was so wrong. It was like salicylic. <laughs> they probably knew. It was like salicyclic acid. And I was like. Salicyclic. Mm. Is that like a new acid that I don't I was know like, about? What? I was like, what is this? And they're like, salicylic acid. I was like, oh, no. But, you know, a lot of times people are salespeople. They're not in skin. And, you know, they just are there to sell. And they don't really know what they're selling. I mean, I've had a lot of times reps come in. And I drill these reps now. But in the beginning, you know, I didn't. I was like, they know what they're talking about. Like, they're smart. Like, I'm learning from them. But a lot of times reps in the skincare world don't know. They just know what they're told to say, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's not clinical data to support a lot of the claims. And I think, you know, they're like, oh, we don't have the funds and money to do clinical data. I think that's where the money should go first, you know, before they even hit market. Well, that's kind of the the problem is that we've allowed people to get away with it mm -hmm. um, till now. And so it became status quo that, you know, uh, if it has vitamin C, if it's a vitamin C serum, that they're all kind good. of the same, right? Yeah. That they're good. But I, I look at skincare like I look at food, mm -hmm. um, there are recipes. And yeah. just because something has a good ingredient doesn't make it a good recipe. Yeah. Kind of like how I said to you, it's like, you know, having a taco from Taco Bell or a taco from an authentic, you know, Mexican restaurant. Like they might I'd both go have even means. further because those are probably both bad for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd go further. I use, I use the, um, analogy of zucchini, which is yeah. a vegetable that's pretty good for you. Yeah. Um, and you can turn it into zucchini bread, which is horrible. It's a dessert, which is yeah. delicious, but still horrible for you. Yeah. Or like spinach. Spinach is very nutritious. But then if you put it in spinach dip with the dairy and all that yeah. stuff in there, it becomes very unhealthy for you. Yeah. So that's like saying a vitamin C serum, like um, with vitamin C, like you can have an orange, which is healthy for you, but then you can also have a bunch of vitamin C gummies that have like 10% real juice, you know, yeah. mm. um, they're, they're sugar. Yeah. It's just pure sugar basically. And a lot of other things that you probably don't want to be eating. So with skincare, I look at the same way where there's mostly junk food skincare out there. Yeah. Um, the health food skincare is not pleasant to use mm -hmm. because just like health food in general, it's not, not always fun. great to eat, you yeah. know? So the, the, the trick is finding somebody who can make a healthy um, recipe that is also enjoyable like to yours, eat. Because it smells like a blueberry muffin. Well, that's kind of, you know, that was serendipitous because we didn't go out to find that. I, I had to I, clarify on my stories. Everyone's like, is there blueberry fragrance no. in this? And I was like, no, it just so happens like to smell like this. There's yeah. no, they didn't make it. They didn't want it to. They didn't like try to make it smell like this. It just did. And yeah. that's just a win-win. Yeah. It's a combination of the different ingredients that make it smell like that. But there's very few ingredients in that particular product. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's like we have to be careful to, uh, in this industry, not assume that a given molecule is magic. Mm -hmm. um, there's this whole fairy dust idea that if I sprinkle a peptide in there and I could say it's a peptide cream, what does that even mean? Like yeah. what peptide and what is that peptide doing? How's it getting where it needs to go? Yeah. And there's just a lot of, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of consumers out there that will swallow anything. Yeah. And that's what these companies are banking on. Yeah, because they're yeah. not educated. They that's see right. the buzzword, you know, hyaluronic acid, retinoid, 
whatever it is, and they they're buying the marketing, they're not buying the science. Right, yeah. and that, that's the difference between like a physician dispensed mm-hmm. or like one that you would sell in your yeah. in your spa. Oh, is it a spa or what would you call? Yeah, it? med spa. Okay, med spa. Yeah. Um, and something you'd find like on the the shelves of Walmart or something, yeah. and not that. Not that it's inherently bad because it's at Walmart. There are yeah. some probably some great products that are very simple that are mm-hmm. more healthy there, and there are probably some really bad ones that are physician dispensed as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, for I'm not sure. gonna I'm not gonna go into it because I don't want to get sued. But you know, um, I'd love to have a lunch on that one. Sure, I mean, there's plenty out there that I I would say you know it's it's not worth the money. But Savannah will say that on here. No, I'll say I'll be your voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've been more PC these days, but I do like to know so that I can, you know, of educate. Course. And there's, I think there's a way, you know, which obviously don't need to get in trouble, but for me to be like, I just don't recommend it. And I just don't you say, say it's not my it. favorite. That's, that's my, t- I'm like, it's not my fave. That's my <laughs> yeah. nice way of saying it's trash. I mean, Savannah's <laughs> most important, or not, I'm not going to speak to your most important thing, but one thing she talks about all the time with products is delivery systems. Like mm-hmm. what's their delivery system? Like, are they going where they need to go? Because a lot of stuff doesn't. It sits on top of your skin. And it's not doing anything anything it's false advertising mm-hmm. it sucks and you know that's i think the most frustrating thing for me is like when i'm you know people are like oh i know a dupe for that there's a dupe for this there's mm-hmm. a dupe for that and i'm like no there's not there's no dupe for science like yeah you can have the same ingredient congratulations mm-hmm. it's not the same thing not just that. because you have you know a, an ascorbic acid and i have an ascorbic acid there can be two completely different mm-hmm. things um, and one can be good and one can be bad. And so it's just frustrating when people try to make dupes for stuff in the industry of like cheaper alternatives. And sometimes maybe the cheaper alternative is better, but you can't really compare stuff when it comes down to the science. It's hard because we don't have the, we have the inky list on the products. We don't have the formula. Yeah. So even if they had the exact same ingredients, it may not be in a, the formulation matters. Yeah. Like the dose matters in medicine in general. Anything yeah. you put on the body, dose does matter. Yeah. Um, sometimes more than others. Yeah. But dose does matter. And, uh, you know, is it they say dose makes the poison or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just like with niacinamide, there's like, mm-hmm. it shows like, a, I think it was point, I'm not going to quote myself on this because my brain hurts today, but it was like 0.5% it can do something and then at another percentage it can do something completely different. So it's all. That's right. So when people are like claiming that niacinamide can, you know, reduce redness, it's like, what percent is it? You know, and a lot of formulas don't release that or yeah. share that information. But any in medicine in general, there's typically a curve where, it, you know, there's a dose dependent curve where it can increase benefit and then it starts to have deleterious benefit or de- deleterious effects. And that's something that, you know, that's one of the reasons why when we did BioJuve, you know, originally I started the company, it was called Zycrobe Therapeutics. And that okay. comes from... Um, the XY at, in the beginning of Zygrobe comes from the chromosomes, XY chromosomes. So human genetics is supposed to be an icon, icon of human genetics with microbes and marrying the two together is Zygrobes. I love it. And the idea was we were going to actually, uh, that story that I told you about that one telomerase cream that was malarkey, mm-hmm. um, you know, I said, well, how would I get a biotherapeutic to the cells past the stratum corium, not have to deal with all that? And that's when I thought, of these microbes and C. acnes happened to be the one I landed on because of its inherent ability to live in the follicle, which mm-hmm. is the most surface area of the whole skin. And not everyone has that strain though, correct? Not the strain, no, but everybody has C. acnes. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in the face of the earth, the number one microbe on their skin, especially post-puberty, is C. acnes. Wow. Um, it's just the strain that is that it's can different. vary, be variable. Um, and, so, and again, it's not just a strain that matters. It's also the environment that you produce. It's your genetics, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, my thought was if I could find, cause I had seen some research out of UCLA that showed that specific strains were most associated with healthy skin. 
Um, I said, if I can use that as a vehicle, that would mean I'd be able to put biotherapeutics from the top of the skin all the way to the bottom of the skin, yeah. which was something that is kind of like um, without impair impairing the barrier of yeah. the skin. Because that's the key is that you don't want, the thing is most of the time we're trying to shove our jalapenos through the Cheerios mm -hmm. yes. and it ruins the barrier of yeah. skin. People don't realize that the skin is made to keep things out. Yes. It's, mm -hmm. th it's that way for a reason. Not a sponge. No, you're not supposed to be scraping everything off and shoving things in. Yeah. That's when you get diseases yeah. um, or infections and such. Mm -hmm. um, but people yet, they continue to try. And so I said, well, in the follicle, there is no stratum corneum. There's no uh, acid mantle layer there. It's How deep exposed. does that pore go? How many layers deep? All the way to the fat. Wow. The, the hair follicles go all the way past the skin into the fat. Amazing. And so you actually are going to be treating the entire thickness of skin because you have millions of these follicles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and also the follicles are surrounded by the immune cells. Mm -hmm. And so there's an immunomodulary function of the microbes that live in the follicle to basically help to bring into balance. And so for things like acne, mm -hmm. if you get the right microbes in your follicles, it can basically, there's literature that shows that the right strains of C. acnes um, actually tell the or work with the immune system to go and seek out the bad strains wow. specifically. Um, and so it's it's actually something that is, uh, now I can't claim that Biojuve does that because yeah. it's a cosmetic, but um, when I thought, well, originally what we were doing was we were taking a human gene for interleukin-10, putting it into the microbe, mm -hmm. uh, modifying it genetically, putting a genetic switch in there that basically made it to where its default was off so it could make the therapeutic, but it couldn't divide. Wow. So it's a dose control mechanism. Um, but when we were doing our testing, um, we found that in all the models we were looking at for psoriasis, that the microbe itself, mm -hmm. without the gene for interleukin, were, although the interleukin made it more powerful, mm -hmm. it was quite useful in reducing inflammation. Yeah. And so we started to look further and we found that not only did it reduce inflammation uh, in, in most of the uh, cell cultures, but it also had huge amounts of antioxidants mm -hmm. and it was lowering pH and it was producing propionic acid. And so, you know, we use the generic terms for the cons the customers of polypeptides and all Do that stuff. Do you think stuff. that's why they called it um, piacnes? Because it was producing the propionic acid? That's exactly why they classified it like that. Yeah. Um, there are other um, in that same genus of mm -hmm. propionic bacterium that produce propionic acid that aren't on skin. Mm -hmm. But um, this one in particular, that's why they changed it to cutobacterium acne yeah. because it's, it's skin-centric. Yeah. Um, and so, but the propionic acid, people don't understand that these short-chain fatty acids, um, both in the gut um, mm -hmm. and on the skin, are extremely important. I would say, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's way more important than retinoic acid. Yeah. Um, because your body is supposed to, these microbes are supposed to be making it. Yeah. And your body's supposed to be using it. Mm -hmm. It lowers the pH, keeps things at bay, makes that that protease we talked about, it makes mm -hmm. it less active so that it can do its thing but not overdo it. Mm -hmm. And so this type of secretion of propionic acid and these antioxidants protect us naturally. Yeah. So that's why overwashing is so bad for you. Mm -hmm. Because when when we talk about the home making the homes thing, Basically, these it's like a hurricane for your home. It is, it, and people don't get that bacteria and fungus aren't really what we call planktonic. They're not yeah. free floating, where they're just kind of amorphously moving around on skin. Most of them don't move at all. Most of them, what they do is they find a, a niche, and then they, when they divide, it pushes them down into the niche by just the act of self division, and they secrete what's called a biofilm, 
which a lot of people equate with um, infections, but biofilms are just the ways in which they protect us even. Mm -hmm. So in the gut, they line our gut with biofilm. And what they do is they're in this biofilm and they decorate it with these antimicrobial peptides um, that keep the bad stuff from entering the biofilm. Yeah. And people also don't realize that you need to stop using antimicrobial stuff on your skin if you can help it. Yeah. Because the microbes, if you have a, if you have a symbiotic biome, a balanced mm -hmm. biome, the microbes have their own antimicrobial peptides. They're That's where we get you. antibiotics yeah. from microbes. Yeah. And so um, why do we always think that we know better than nature? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, some things we can improve on. Yeah, you know, it just makes so much sense when you say it because I think we're just so conditioned as you know, from what we see on TV and what people tell us and feed us. It's like our brains are so conditioned to think this way that like you just think that's right, and then once you hear other stuff, you're like, why didn't I question this? Why? And it makes you kind of feel dumb because you're like, why didn't I think about this deeper? But I mean, again, like to your point, you what is your quote? Um, I I always get it wrong, but Maya Angelou said something along the lines of, you know, we can only do. When, do good when we know good and once we know good we can do better yeah something like yeah, that so when you know better you, you know. can do better yeah. yeah exactly like what are you supposed to do with the information you don't know right you can't do anything yeah uh, so i mean like... you gotta remember people you have to remember that for 400 years and it wasn't until like the 1800s that they stopped this but for 400 years they were bleeding people to, no to heal them they would cut them let them bleed because they believed that the humors were out of balance and that the blood, the water was one of the humors. And for 400 years, that was the cutting edge of science and medicine. Wow. And it took a while to get people to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, 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 there's several people. they thought like bleed the bad blood out and then you'll heal. They thought that it was a humor imbalance. It was, uh, the, oh. there's different humors of the body. It's, uh, I think it comes back, it's from Plato back in the day. Um, so, but anyway, um, you know, we've changed. In the 60s, we used x-rays to cure acne, and it cured no acne. X-rays? How? Yeah. Uh, because x-rays kill a lot of things. Yeah, Human, babies. It cause, kills human cells as well. And so it caused cancer. Wow. Um, so they stopped doing it. Um, and so there's there's things. That's why with Accutane and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it can get rid of acne, but what else is it doing to your yeah. body? Yeah. And so we have to be careful not to assume that we always know the, the epitome of mm -hmm. everything. And that's where with BioJuve, the philosophy is if you can get the biome in balance, it's better than any ingredient on the market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's why um, I say like everybody wants to use their the things that they're used to. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, think about if you were doing a detox with your diet and stuff, would you add one good thing in and keep all the bad stuff in mm -hmm. or the things you're used to using? Or would you get rid of everything, start on a detox diet, and then when you get when you feel like you're in balance again, then you can start introducing the stuff that you like yeah. in moderation. Yeah. So you should start BioJuve as like a boot camp. I, I would say so. I, I think for somebody who, um, like, for instance, I'm not a fan of um, those facials that suck everything out. Hydrofacials. You know, I'm not going to say the yeah. names, but. Um, <laughs> we didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm not a fan um, because I don't think it's healthy for the skin. There's st That stuff's in there for a reason, right? Yeah. Now, um, but that creates an opportunity to basically say, okay, now I've leveled the playing field. Let's stick the right stuff on and see if we can actually take advantage of this. Yeah. Um, now, if you keep doing that, it's going to be like you're, you know, constantly yes. assaulting your assaulting yeah. your skin and the hurricanes that you talked about or tornadoes. Yeah. But um, it, it makes sense to do a reset program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can add things in as necessary. But I think most people will find that if they do that, 
they don't need as many of the products they use because their skin is going to do what it needs to do already. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's so exciting too. Okay, I love it. Guys, we're going to do one more. Um, we'll do a little quick second episode, but I don't want it to be too long for this one because a lot of people like to listen to this on their way to work. Yeah. So we'll cut it here and we'll just give you guys a little tease. You'll have to wait till next Monday to hear the rest. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Love you guys. You have to say you love them. I I like you guys. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Bye. We'll see you next Monday. Bye.